persons. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder us from hearing you tonight. And Lord, again, Lord, I speak. I ask for blessings for your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, um, we are still in our uh, series of pursuit of happiness. And pursuing happiness as uh, the world tells us, and happiness as the Bible tells us. So we have a lot to cover, so um, let's begin. I titled our message tonight, Pursuit of Happiness. No, Pursuit of Money. <laughs> Sorry, my, uh, this one's bothering me right now. Okay. All right. So, again, in Romans 12, too, if you guys could please turn to your Bibles or your Bible apps. Romans 12, too. And if you have this memorized, you can just repeat that in your mind. Because this is what, other than coming here and having the fellowship, intimate fellowship with other believers, and as we exercise the, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the, the Holy Spirit that He has given us, this is the time that where we, we, we practice this. This is Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the world, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That is why you, you listen to a message. That is why you, you sit in a, in a preaching and you, and, and, and you listen, right? That is why you learn, because you want your mind to be renewed. You want it to be renewed by the, the Word of God, because you are a new creation, you need to unlearn the things that the world, we need to unlearn that the, thing, the things that the world has told us and made us believe. Unlearn it and learn new things as what the Bible has shown us. And the pursuit of happiness, pursuit of happiness, as the world tells us, includes, tells us that if you have more money, you'll be happier. And look at, look at this. There's this uh, verse here. Not verse, but this is a quote from, uh, I got this from Money and Happiness, MillennialMoney.com. The author says, studies show that the correlation between your salary's impact on your happiness up to 75000 and then it peaks at 125000 So if you're not making that, you're in, I guess you're a sad person. <laughs> that explains why you're, you are what you are. Meaning that people are increasingly happy until they make 125000 and then they plateau. So can, then the author, you know, he, he made this, this uh, provoking question. So can money buy happiness? You know, we know we can't, we can't buy love, right? That's a song, right? Definitely money can make you happier when you look at the simple fact that when you that when we make money, it makes us happy. And when we have experiences and purchase things, using money, it can make us happy. And look at this. I believe this too. He said this. Unfortunately, so much of American culture has linked happiness with consumption. This is why we feel happy. Albeit temporarily when we buy stuff. But that happiness rarely lasts. It's surface level. That is why most of us, most of the country... It, they're happy during Black Friday, right? They're happier the next day. They're sad when the credit card bills come December, <laughs> but then they're happy again because they're buying for Christmas gifts. And then they're sad again come January, right? So we, we, this is what the world tells us. This is how you become happy. This is what the world tells us, right? Reward yourself. Oh, he loves me. 
Somebody's having their own message right now. <laughs> uh, the world tells us that if you just have enough or plenty of money, you will be happy. Again, the word enough is a moving target. We discussed it the last time, right? Especially when it comes to money. When you finally make $10,000, remember when you first got your first job, you were happy that you got a job. You were just happy. My first job paid me $5 per hour. And this was back in 1994. And I was quick to convert that to Philippine pesos. So I was converting, man, I'm making 25 pesos an hour. I'm making more money than a bank manager in Baguio right now. So all the pain in my legs as I was standing out, I'm like, man, I never stood this long before. Eight hours? This is crazy. But I was happy. I was making two days. I was working two days a week. And I would call in one day. <laughs> I did too. Uh, so, but I was happy. I was making $125 per week. I, that, that was a lot of money for me because I had no bills. My mom and my dad didn't, didn't tell me to pay anything at the house. 125 was a lot of money for a 16-year-old kid. But then as you get older and then you purchase things, right? You have possessions. Did you know the irony of possessions is you think you possess them, but they actually possess you? When I finally possessed a car, man, my payment was 220 for my car, 340 for my insurance. My insurance was a lot higher because before I got a car, I got a ticket. <laughs> before I got a car, I got a ticket. My dad asked me the provoking question. He goes, how can you get a ticket without a car? <laughs> you don't even have a car. Why do you have an $800 car ticket? Because we rented a car, me and my friends rented a car, and I was so excited. I was driving, reckless driving. I thought I was going to get away from the police. I think I shared that with you guys before. But that's, that's the crazy thing. This is, this is American culture. This is the society we live in. You are happy when you have your brand new shoe, right? Your, pair, your new pair of Jordans, your new pair of Jordans until, you, until they, they release another pair. And you're probably unhappy again until you get that next pair, right? Or, or when your car is six years old, and it's, it's, it, it needs an oil change. <laughs> and you buy a new car, right? Until you get the new thing, it just keep running and running. And we think our possessions we possess, but they actually possess us. And then we're not happy until the next thing, until the next thing, right? Do you know that the Bible has, Jesus talked a lot about, God, the Bible talked about the, the money a lot, very much. There's 500 verses on both prayer and faith, and there's over 2,000, 2,350 verses to be exact about money so is money important i believe so for us to unlearn what this is what's important for us to unlearn what the world has told us what money is what money should be and how we should treat money we need to unlearn that 40 percent of jesus parables is about money so we need to consider this very seriously right if god consider it very important. We too must give it a lot of importance. This is our first verse. Wait, here. This is our first verse. Is that the first verse? Okay. 
This is the first verse. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by, man, by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7 to 10. Believer, Christ follower, you there that's sitting right now, if you are listening, if you're awake and listening right now, you read, this is God's word. This is God's reminder for us. There is a trap there that the enemy has set forth using money and using worldly possessions so that we will forget why we exist. We even forget why we're believers. We even forget why we call ourselves Christ followers. But we're more of money hungry, more of a worldly Christian rather than a Christian for the world. The world, we became part of the world. Christ did say, it, say that, that we are still going to be in the world, but we are not to be of the world. But some of us believers, we are more worldly than we are godly. And then we wonder, why am I not happy? Why am I not content? Why am I not satisfied with my life? Because your focus, our focus has become about money. It has become, we fall into the trap of this. Right? It, we fall into it. I, I'm, I'm lost with my notes. This is how God has overridden my, uh, <laughs> my preparation. Now I'm lost with, my, with my, my notes. But here it is. For the love of money. Love of money. So money in itself is not the problem. Okay, folks? We know that, right? We've started, we've, we've heard Richard enough with all the, the many uh, <laughs> preachings and Pastor Charles that because uh, I, make, I make them the bad guy because I know you guys don't like talking about money so I let them tell you. <laughs> so you don't like them, not me. <laughs> right? It's not the money in itself that's the problem. It's the love of money. So the question is, do you love money more than you love God? Do you love money more than love God? Then that's for you to answer, right? That you don't need to convince me. Because you can probably convince me. But there is one person that you truly need to convince about that question. And that's God. And He knows everything. Right? He knows the truth of our answer. He knows the intentions of our heart. We can show everybody that we love God, but deep inside us, we love money more. Because, you know, when you have money, you don't need permission to do anything. Do you guys know about the golden rule? No, it's not do unto others what you want others to do unto you. That's not, a, that's not it. It's he who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> that's the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. So when you have money, do you, let me ask you, believer, do you ask God, Lord, is it okay for me to buy this? Remember Romans 12 too, right? Romans 12 too. If we, if we, if we are conform, conforming our minds and renewing our minds to God's word instead of what the world tells us, are we running everything by Him to know what His good and perfect will is? To know what His good and perfect will is? Most of the time it's not, you know, because we have the money to do it. Most of the time... 
You know, that's why when, when, when we pray for the food here, especially us American believers, right? It's just a breath prayer. We don't even really mean it anymore because we've never really gone hungry. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Yeah, dig in. Oh, yeah. Unlike the believers in, in Africa, unlike the believers in, in the Philippines, some part of the Philippines, where they haven't really eaten for a long time and they will only eat once a day. And guess what their prayer is? Same as your prayer, but not more intensity than yours. Because they know the source. They know the source and they are grateful. They, they are grateful. They are grateful for the blessing, but they are not forgetting the blesser. And that's our first point. We, sometimes, do you love the blessing more than you love the blesser? Have you forgotten to thank God and who He is, the God that has given you everything, the God that has given you the money, all the money that you have, more than enough you, you've ever imagined. Maybe not, right? Because that's the problem, right? We can never have enough money. Well, have we forgotten the blesser? Because we're enjoying so much of the blessing. But let me remind you that God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us. Why am I lost in my notes here? But, God, but remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. It is God that has given you the strength. It was God that has given you that, that mind so that you pass the bar exam. It was God who helps you constantly to be patient with that irritating patient, with that difficult client. It's God who gives you all things. And God wants to bless you. He swore to your fathers as it is today. Moreover, Ecclesiastes, he says here, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil. This is a gift of God. God blesses us and He loves to bless us. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not proposing that you only believe in God that makes you suffer. No. God wants to bless His children. What kind of parent wants their children to suffer? I, I know there are some, right? There are some that would, I'd rather not do rather not know. But there are some parents that could care less about their children. Yes, they're out there. But the, the right mind parent, they are always there to want to bless their children. They want their children to, to have the things that they never had. To have the opportunities that they never had. Right? And that's the same with God. God wants to bless you and me. God wants to give us the material things that we want. So long as those things don't become more important than our relationship with Him. And sometimes that's hard to kind of get out, right? Because we'll follow God with everything else except money. Lord, I'll follow you through the ends of the world and just don't touch my pocket. <laughs> this part right here, this is mine. Alright? Lord, I'll follow one to nine except the ten when you said, give to thee. <laughs> give thee unto me. No, not that. I'll follow one to nine. But this, these are the word of God right here, folks. God wants to bless you so long as you don't forget Him. So, what, so now, folks, for those of you who have been praying for a certain thing, maybe a promotion or a new job, and, and you're wondering, why is God not answering this? Maybe it's good for you to ask, is this probably... Something that could take me away from Him? Could this possibly be it? 
Folks, it's true. It could be. And look at that. But remember, that catch word there, remember, because we're good to forget. We're good to forget. We get blessings and then we forget about everything else. We just enjoy the blessing. Oh, yes, Lord. I got the job that I've been praying for. It's $10 more than what I used to make. Praise you, Father. And then they say, who wants to work overtime? Me. Oh, my gosh. I forgot it's a Sunday. Oh, well, God knows. Well, God blessed me with this job, so it should be okay. You know what? That's for you to answer. That's between you and him. It's a personal relationship. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving you the scenarios. I'm giving you this because it says here, but remember that the Lord God gives you the power to gain wealth. Because sometimes we are quick to forget him. We think it's us. We think it was us who made that $100,000 this year. It was me. Good job. Galinko. Now I, I, need to deserve, I, deserve, I deserve a great vacation. And in that vacation, not one word, not one word, even though I say praise God for this vacation, not one line of that do I really mean. Because I'm saying, I deserve this, man. I work hard. Praise God, but really praise me. We're quick to forget, right? But God wants to bless us. But we're quick to forget the blesser because we embrace everything about the blessing. You know, the promise here says here, He promises your forefathers. Do you know? Did you know that there are 21 Israeli billionaires? Did you know that? I just found out. And did you know that Israeli and Jewish are, are somewhat categorized differently? <laughs> I just found that out too. There are, uh, there are two well-known Jewish figures that are among the 10th of world richest people. Number five is Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. He's 33 years old, and he's uh, the creator of Bookface, and $71 billion. And number 10 is Larry Ellison of Oracle, $58.5 billion. And there's three Jewish businessmen that ranked in the second, in the second tenth. Number eleven is Michael Bloomberg, with fifty billion. Larry Page of Google, which is forty-eight point eight billion. Sergey Brin of Google, forty-seven point five billion dollars. Israelis and, and Jewish. There are Jews are among the two hundred world's world's wealthiest. Uh, uh, Ten Jews are among the top fifty of the world's wealthiest uh, people in the world. So is God true to his promises? I say so. I would say so. You know, sometimes when things happen to us, we don't know. We don't really know if God is good, if bad things are happening to us. We tend to question, is God really good? Right? Maybe that question, this side of heaven, you'll never get the answer. But one thing you have to understand, one thing we need to hold on to is that God is true to his promises, God is good, and God is powerful, and God loves us. We might not understand the whole thing, but those are the truths. And here, in regards to money, God wants to bless us, but however, he wants us not to forget him while we enjoy his blessings.
Here's a painting. Here's a painting. I'm gonna get my. So I'm not. I'm not a art guy. You know. <laughs> my favorite subject in school was PE. <laughs> this is a painting. This is the money lender and his wife by Quentin Massis. This, so the money lender is right there, and the wife is right there. There's a message here that we need to be aware of that happens to us too. So the wife there is holding the Bible. She has the Bible. She wants to be dedicated to God. She wants to learn God's word. She's in love with God. But somehow, for some reason, her husband always tries to get her attention, showing off the things that he has made or he has gotten from their business. And as if you can see there, somehow that's us, right? We love God, but we're so distracted with the world and how the world tries to always attract us. Like, come on, work some more overtime. You went to church three times this week. You don't want it to go four times. God forbid you might have wings when you're done. You were at church last Wednesday. Skip Sunday. You know, reward yourself. What, who cares if the church needs money? You need money first. Why does the church need a stage anyway? Why do you even need a church? You can praise God in your car. You should tell your pastor to just meet in the garage. Right? So that we don't have any overhead when it comes to that. Right? We want, we want to praise God but we're so distracted. We're so distracted with what the world has given us. Sometimes we have to look at our lives. Are we putting money first than we're putting God? Sadly, Sadly, folks, this message right here is for you, Christ followers. If you, have called, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord, this is for you. Because the world, I don't expect anything more from them. There are good people that are not believers of Christ. Good in the sense of how a standard, the standard of, of, of the law here in America but when it comes to the law of God, when it comes to the moral code of God, they're not good because they put money first before God. Because again, money, with money you have power, you have influence. Money, you can buy whatever you want, whatever you need. You can get whatever you want. You can get whatever you need, right? That's what money is, right? That's, that's what you always do, right? Here, here, here we go. I don't know why I started. Uh, anyway, that's for you. You can take that home. Ecclesiastes 5.10, the love of money. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Solomon, the person that did not neglect himself from everything that he wanted, everything he wanted to accomplish, everything that he wanted to buy, Everything, every beautiful woman in the land, he either married them or made them a concubine. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Right? But then he says here, whoever loves money never has enough. You have $10,000 now, guess what you want? You want $20,000 later. 
You have $50,000 now, guess what you want next year? Your goal is to have $100,000 next year. $100,000 to $250,000 to $500,000 to $500,000 to $1 million. You make a billion, half a million dollars or half a billion dollars. Guess what you're thinking? Maybe I can break the billionaire record. If you love money, there's no stopping you. There's no stopping you. And Hebrews 13.5 is good to remind us here. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. What is God saying here? Make me more important to you. Give me more importance than money. Give me more importance than your work. Give me more importance than your career. Give me more importance than the blessing that I have given you. Give me more importance. Love me more than the, the things that I've given you. So sometimes we, we forget, right? Sometimes we forget, and that's, that's, and that's what happens. We've, we've made everything else more important than God. We made everyone else more important than God. We made everything else more important. We love money more than we love God. And here, this is the story of the rich young ruler. If you guys can please turn and type in Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 30, because I'm not going to read all of them. This is the rich young ruler. This guy had he, he, he's, he's a rich guy. This is for all the women here with, with daughters or the parents here with daughters. This is the man that we want our child to meet. Because this guy, he was always at church. He was following the Ten Commandments. And boy, his, 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 golf, his golf swing, well, he has the best golf swing because he has so many money, so much money that he, he, he plays golf all the time. His handicap is three. You know, he has the nice cars. He has a good plan. He's a good boy. Everybody knows he's not a, he's not a player. This is the person that the moms want their daughters to meet. But there, he met Jesus and he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to secure his eternity. This is how smart he is. Because he knows he got everything here, down here, covered. He has everything here, covered. He knows, just like Paul when, when Paul was Saul, right, he said, I followed the law to the T. I dotted all the I's. I crossed all the T's. I did everything. But he had one question. He's so into, intuitive. He said, what must I do to earn eternal life? He probably thought, you know, I want to hear it, Lord. I want to hear you say it, that you've done everything, good boy. You're going to heaven. He probably wanted to hear that. But at the same time, he probably wanted to hear, okay, if there is one thing missing, let me do that right now. So I can get my eternity covered as well. Because, you know, he's always at church. He reads the scriptures. He knows it. And then God said, Jesus said, all these I have kept. Well, he said this, all these I have kept when I was a boy. Because Jesus gave him, gave him the, the, the interrelational uh, relationships. Don't commit adultery, love your, honor your parents. And he, said, he said, I did all of that. But then Jesus said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. Ooh. See? See? I mean, I mean, think about it. If you have everything, and then Jesus tells you, sell everything you have, 
<laughs> right, right? I know, I know. Some people have told me here, right? I've said this many times, but I'll keep saying it because it's so ridiculous. They said that if I hit the lottery, Pastor, I will pay for the church. <laughs> I'll buy you a church. But God doesn't, God's not asking you to gamble and get money and buy the church, right? Guess what God is asking you? God is asking you to give out of the goodness of your heart. Whatever you, is impressing your heart, that's what you give. So that could be $30 that you don't want to give because you, you, know, you want to eat boba. You want, you, want to, you want to go somewhere with your friends later. You want to go to the buffet, right? And you only have 30 to spare. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. Give to the poor. I earned everything that I have. These guys are poor because they chose to be poor. Sometimes we're quick to make those judgments, pass those judgments, because, you know, we pat ourselves on the back so well, right? So much. We believe our head got so big that we think we own everything, we know everything, and these guys are just lazy. That's why they're poor. Give to them, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, he's calling out the young, this rich young ruler. He's telling him, he's pointing him to his heart, that his heart is actually dependent on his money more than he is dependent on God. Now his money is now his idol. His little God, rather than God. He was, the rich young ruler was practicing religion, but he was not surrendered to God completely. And Jesus knows it, and Jesus called him out for it. And don't think that the only way you can follow God is if you sell all your possessions. I'm not saying that. Because we'll see in Zacchaeus, when Jesus met Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus said, I'll give half of what I have to the people that I have wronged. Half of them. And Jesus said, what did Jesus say? Today, salvation has come into this house. So it's, it's not the money in itself. It's not the amount in itself. It's more about your heart. To whom does your heart belong to? Does it belong to money and your possessions? That is why you're having a hard time. You're having a difficult time to follow God. Because... You know, I don't really need to pray for God's help on this trip. I can afford it. Why do I need to pray? Why do I need to, to pray for, 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 for healing? I have insurance. <laughs> Sell everything you have. And then, and then it came to the, the point where, right, it is easier if you guys are still on your Bibles, it is easier for a camel to enter an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But then Jesus was quick to say, this is not to say that all that rich people cannot enter heaven because Jesus said this, what is impossible for man is possible with God. That's verse 27. I agree with the many biblical scholars that have said that the rich young ruler has made his possessions, his money, his idol. And Jesus called him out on it. And because of this truth, in Luke 16, 13, 
if you guys go, go back a few chapters, I want you guys to remember this, so please underline it or highlight it on your phone. It says here, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Christ follower. The represent, you, representative of Christ. You cannot serve God and money. You have to constantly check your heart. You have to constantly ask God, Lord, please check my heart. Am I more on me making money than me serving you? Is my life now more spent to making money and securing my future, my present, my future, rather than me depending on you? Am I enjoying so much of your blessings and I am forgetting you? That's for us to constantly struggle with, constantly wrestle with. Because yes, there's not enough time in the world, right? How many times were you at work this week? And how many times were you at church this week? How many times were you talking about money and hearing about money and being propagated about possessions and acquiring things rather than hearing about God and serving God? How many? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a, I'm going to put, I'm going to bet <laughs> with no money that you have heard more about the worldly possessions uh, and you were more on your, uh, your work and you were thinking more about money or the world was at least trying to make you more money, uh, making you think to make more money rather than think about God and serving God. Next point. How about this? How about, how about the planning? I, I love our church on how diverse we are on age. You know, there are retired people already. There are people that are on their way to their retirement. There are people that are still on their way to their workforce and are, are, are planning of retirement. But look at the parable of the rich fool. Look at the parable of the rich fool here. Remember this? If you guys don't know this, this is when a man said, you know, I, I've made so much. What can I do with this? He basically said, oh, you know what? I'll open a, a new bank account. <laughs> That's his solution, right? I have so much crops. The plan is build a new barn. And then he said, and then he said, you know what? Once I've done that, the second barn full of my stuff, full of, I'm secured for the future. It's time to retire. It's time for me to, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. Right? I mean, like I said earlier, it's God who gave us the strength. And God gave us the ability to acquire these things. But we are quick to forget that it was Him. And then we plan our retirement not wanting to serve Him. I'm going to go back to the Philippines. I'm going to go far, far away from people and not be irritated with people. <laughs> no more church because it's church full of drama. I mean, gosh, did you see that division two years, three years ago, four years ago? I'm done with church. I'm going to retire. I'm going to eat. I'm going to be merry. And I'm just going to enjoy myself. Right? That's, right? No more. No more serving God. I'm done. It's their turn. Let the young kids do it. 
But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up the treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mark 8.36. Please go to Mark 8.36. It's not here. Mark 8.36 reads, For what it is it for what is it for man to gain the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? What is it for man to gain the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Believers, we've secured our soul. Our eternity is secured. That's good and all. But what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? Are we just storing up goods so that we can eat, be merry, and enjoy ourselves? Are we done serving God? Because what? We've brought five, six people, ten people to the Lord, twenty people, hundred people to the Lord, and we're done? Or are we still supposed to be serving God, especially in, with tonight's message, with our money, with the money that He has given us? What are we doing? Where are we doing? Where is the focus of our heart? You know, God takes offense. When we plan without Him. God takes offense when we plan about Him. In, in James 4, 6 reads, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I, have, I want you to have that in mind. And look at this, the next one. This is in James 4, 13 to 15. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? Do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Folks, th this is why if you have money, you are more prone to fall. My, my, this is my belief. Because if you have money, you have the power to acquire whatever it is that you want. You have the power to go wherever it is you want to go without asking for permission from God. Right? And, and, and God takes offense in that. God takes offense in that because we are His. And He gave us, he, God gave us the blessings that we are experiencing and that we have. Psalm 19.8 reads, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You know, we feel and have joy when we obey God. We feel and we have joy when we obey Him. And we lose our joy when we are disobedient to Him. And, and believer, if you are not happy, if you have been unhappy for a long time, there must be a sin there must be something that God has been telling you to give up or to do that you are not obeying. There must be something there. And that's for you to know. Folks, you know, sometimes when, when I'm preaching here and I, I say these somewhat very pointed uh, statements, Sometimes you think I'm, I'm pointing at you, right? Especially if you know you told me your struggle and then I, now I'm, I'm saying it. 
I'm really not thinking about you. And maybe if that isn't what you're thinking, don't tell me anything anymore, <laughs> right? Because I'm telling you my struggles. I'm telling you how I used to think, how I still think. I'm telling you my struggle. I'm, I'm sharing to you my walk. And these are the things that I struggle with from time to time. These are the times when I fell. These are the times that I was victorious. But these are the things that you and I go through. So, planning. God takes offense in that. If we don't plan, and, and how, what's that, what are the examples of this? Doing a business deal that we know is against God's will. That's one, right? That's one. Another one is getting a job that we know that will take us out of church and out of fellowship. Oh, that's so self-serving because he's a pastor and it's a church. Okay, fine. If you think that way, then I really have nothing to tell you. The truth is, Matthew 6.33, Seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you as well. The problem, though, is we seek all these other things. All these other things. That's what we seek first before we seek Him. And then we wonder, why, 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 why is there trouble? Why, is there, why am I unhappy? Why is there trouble at home? Why, is, why, why am I struggling here at work? Why is my peace, why is my joy gone? Because we've made everything else more important than God. We made money more important than God. So what can we do? We said, right, that money in itself is not the problem. Because God gives us the strength and allows us to enjoy these blessings. And what can we do? And this is what we can do. We are to use the money for the glory of God. We are to use the money that we make for the glory of God. This is with Zacchaeus. I mentioned this earlier. Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He robbed many people already. Luke 19, 1 to 10, if you guys want to turn there. Let me just read it real fast. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Jesus, out of all the people in the crowd, and those people knew what Zacchaeus was trying to do. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and they hate Zacchaeus, so they were blocking Zacchaeus. And if you guys don't know, Zacchaeus was a short man, right, of low stature. So they were blocking him. They were blocking him. Oh, no, you're not going to see Jesus. No, you cheater. You cheated me on my taxes, you greedy person. So, so they, they blocked him. So he climbed the tree. But then Jesus said, come down, for I will have lunch or dinner at your house. Zacchaeus stopped. He hurried. See, Jesus comes to the people that are lost. Like at one time, we were lost. Right, believers? At uh, one time, we were lost. At uh, one time, we made everything else more important than God. And every, everyone else was more important than God. But God came to us. God came to us. God came to us. Even though everybody was blocking it, every, everybody, everything else was blocking it, but God came to us. And God said, come. All right? The Bible says, for you did not choose me, but I chose you. And same here, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus responded, 
Today, salvation has come into this house. Not because of the, the donation that Zacchaeus wanted to give, but because Zacchaeus finally got over, let go of the idol in his heart, which was his money. That he could care less if he was cheating people, he was wronging people, he didn't care. You know, Pastor Charles shared it earlier, and some of you already know, that our, our, my car, our car, Anna Lou's car, was broken into um, last, uh, forgot already, praise God. <laughs> I, picked, I picked them up, uh, I got them at the airport in San Francisco on Wednesday, and uh, of course they came from the Philippines and they were hungry. We stopped over at Richmond, California. We went there enjoying our Chinese dinner, Chinese food dinner. We always, we always went there. We always, that's the go-to of the Marianos, if you don't know. That's the, there's the go-to, Daimo, Chinese restaurant. Don't go there. <laughs> Somebody came in and said, hey, somebody's car has been broken into. And then I had a sneaky suspicion it was my car because my plate number is a Nevada one. So I said, what car? And they said, the Acura. You go out there and you see these things, you're violated. You know, the, the one thing, the, the hardest thing is you're violated. You know, the things, yes, I got it. Everybody told me this. You know, it's like, it's like when Job was told by his friends, you probably have sin. That uh, thing happened. You know? <laughs> Some people said that, you know. <laughs> you know, praise God. You know, I met the prophet Daniel. Prophet Daniel was at the restaurant. Filipino guy named Daniel. <laughs> he, said, he said, hey, you know, it's just material things, man. You can make that. And now I just wanted to smack somebody. So I was like, maybe I just smack this guy right now. Like, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> but still, the, the, the possessions, right? There is a hold in your heart. One possession that I had there that really matters to me a lot is my own personal Bible. My personal Bible that I've been with all these years. Whenever God and I wrestle, I'll, I'll write my thoughts there and He'll speak through me with a verse. My calling is in there. The struggles that I had there when the division happened is all in there. And, and they took it. They took it. You know, it was in my bag, my army bag that Brother Rogue gave me. You would think that they see an army bag, they're like, oh man, this guy's serving the country, maybe. <laughs> I know I don't serve the country, but just the bag, right? Maybe that would have called some respect, but it didn't work. But the hold of the possessions in Zacchaeus' point here, there is a hold with our possessions, but Zacchaeus finally let go. And said, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And give four times to the people that I have defrauded. He will pay them four times the penalty. That's why Jesus said, finally, salvation has come. Because when you accept Jesus as your Lord, everything else don't matter. That should be the case. But pr the problem is, the problem is, we get, we're so soaked in into this world that we... Stop renewing our minds. Or that we stop reading the Bible that we don't, re we don't know how to renew our minds. Because we get sucked into this world and the world tells us, make more money. Make more money. Be successful. Be somebody. Put your name in that building. Buy that building. 
be the CEO, CEO. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's if God has given you the ability to do that, then yes. But if you make those things more important than God, then there, that is what is wrong. What God has given him, he said, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions. He's finally let go. And 1 Timothy 6.17 reads, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. We should invest in God's kingdom. We should invest for God's work, the advancement of God's work, by the use of our money, not just your time. I know you're good to say, you know, God, I can serve God with my time. But yeah, right now for tonight's topic and everything else, with money too. To help the poor. You guys know poor people, right? We are to help them by the use of our money, not just by prayers, although that's good. Prayers are good. Well wishes are good. But our money, God demands it. God demands it. There's a, because it's not our money. It's His money. He's the source. We praise do we praise and obey Him only when we are blessed? This is my last point. Do we praise and obey Him only when we are blessed? Sadly, the truth is, the answer there is most of the time, yes. We only praise God and obey God when things are going well. But look at what Habakkuk wrote here. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Their business is failing. Nothing is working. Things are not working out as they have probably told the prayer warriors last Wednesday. Right? Things, the material things, the crops, everything else that costs money are failing. But yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. So if you are pursuing money, this will happen to you. Because life is like that, right? Life, sometimes you are way up there. Finances are like, oh my gosh, there's no stopping this. I'm like a choo-choo train. And it'll be hard to stop me. But then times are, it gives down. Because we get sick. Now our money goes to the hospital. Or we can't go to work. Or somebody gets sick and we put the money there. And then business goes down. Business is slow. You get laid off. Right? But yet, we just need to find this place. 
yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So pursuing money versus them pursuing God is a failure because money is fleeting. Just like sin, right? Sin might be good at times. It might feel good for a minute or two. But being with the Lord gives you joy. Sinning gives you happiness momentarily. Rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And then look at Job. Job who lost everything. Talk about losing money. That's Job. Talk about losing family. That's Job. Within one day, in a matter of seconds, he lost his family. He lost his children, except his wife. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing on my own here. So he lost his children. He lost his business, right? His crops, his, his field. But this is what he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Where is Job's peace? Where was Job's joy? It was in the Lord. And no matter what he lost, no matter how important his children was to him, every morning he will go out, present an offering to God, because he's thinking, oh, my children probably have sinned. Let me make an offering for them to cover them. But that's how much he loved them. He took care of his employees. There's a part there, if you read Job, that he took care of the orphans in town. He, he used his money to glorify God. He did everything correct. But there was one time, just this, Taken, everything was taken away from, but yet he said still, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Folks, we are in a world, we are in society that keeps telling us, pursue money, get more, get more, get more money. We are to renew our minds. We need to be transformed to the new creation that we are. Because we are Christ's followers. We are to live our lives for Him. We are to live our lives for Him. Not so much for money. But money in itself is not the problem. But our hearts. If our hearts are entangled now with God. Or with money. And we lost time for the Lord. We lost time for fellowship. We made making more money more important. Then we are heading to the wrong direction. A direction not of happiness or joy, but of desperation, of depression. I'm going to close with a, a person that pursued money, but yet he did not have enough, enough sleep and to a point that he took himself. There, there are three examples that I'm thinking of right now. I'm trying to choose which one. John D. Rockefeller. He was 53 years old and he could not have any sleep. He had all the money in the world, but he can only eat crackers because he had an ailment in his stomach. It was so painful that he took his, his life. Same with Kurt Cobain of the Nirvana, the lead vocalist of Nirvana. He was famous, he had money, he had pain in his stomach, but he was unhappy. He took himself using by the use of a shotgun. Uh, Kate Spade, right? 
lot of money. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money, right? And that's right. More money, more problems. The notorious B.I.G. did say that. So there's so many things. There's so many things. There's so many examples there. People chasing money and still being unhappy. But there are many, many examples of people that followed God more than anybody else. For the last example, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, the, the owner, is a believer. And he wants to honor God. They want to honor God no matter what, that they are always close on Sundays. Sundays. The biggest irony for me was they opened one in a football stadium, <laughs> which is only open on Sundays, but they have a branch there. That don't make sense to me. But still, they still make so much money. They make a lot of money because God honors those who honors Him and rewards those who honors Him. Amen? Folks, there's 2,350 verses on money. I only gave you 350, I think. <laughs> we have 2,000 to go. I'm kidding. Folks, God loves you. God has given you the strength, the ability, the job in the country to make money, to reward yourself. God wants to reward you. But do not forget Him. Do not forget God, because He is the source. Do not forget the blesser. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank You for Your people tonight. I thank You for Your message, Lord God. And Lord, I know there's, there, there's so much information and advertisement out there, Lord God, that will contradict everything that we have discussed tonight. There's so many things in our minds, Lord God, that we still need to unlearn. And Lord, only you, the Holy Spirit in all of us, Lord God, can empower us, Father, to, to obey you and to yield to you. I pray, Lord God, that we will submit to your moving. I pray, Lord God, that you will give us a heart to be after more for you and your goodness and your love. You, Lord God, more than your blessing, that we will be more after you, Lord, in this life of ours. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have neglected you and pursued money instead. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, as we step out of this building, I pray, Lord God, that we will glorify you with the money, Lord God, and with the life that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.